uh, when Jesus talks to his disciples, he tells them, go to the ends of the earth. And he says, it's, it's happening. It's started. New creation is happening with me. Heaven and earth have united in me. It's, the kingdom of God is here in your presence. Now go to the ends of the earth. This is the God in All Things podcast, rooted in Ignatian spirituality and seeking the presence of God in the everyday. Here's Andy Otto. Tim Mackey and John Collins are co-founders of The Bible Project, which produces short-form animated videos that succinctly explain the books and themes of the Bible. They say the best way to understand the Bible is to look at its overarching narratives. Tim holds a PhD in Semitic languages and biblical studies, is a pastor, and also an adjunct professor at Western Seminary. John Collins holds a BA in biblical studies and has also served as a pastor. He's worked the last decade in digital media and marketing. This is part one of my conversation with Tim and John on a few of the Ignatian themes that we can find in the Bible. I'm John Collins, and um, my role, I'm one of the co-founders, so Tim and I both co-founded the Bible Project, and um, I, I'm running the show in terms of the operations day-to-day. Um, my background is in animation and um, and video and the whole production process therein. And so I manage a lot of that. And then we both direct and we both write. Yeah, I'm Tim Mackey, uh, also co-founded The Bible Project. Um, my other lives are being a pastor and a professor and just an all-around Bible history nerd. Um, so for The Bible Project, I mostly do research and then writing and kind of co-directing with John, but all pretty much on the front end of the creative process for the videos that we make. I love that your videos, um, you know, you sort of take a more intellectual route, you know, um, given your backgrounds, but um, you don't sanitize or, or remove the wonder and mystery of the Christian story and of scriptures. So I'm curious, mm. what, what led you both uh, to to start the Bible project and to come up with this idea? Well, uh, it was a lot of things. I think as we look back, there were many factors. Um, I, John and I met each other uh, in college at a, at a Christian Bible college. So, you know, we both had an interest in biblical studies for ending up there in the first place. But um, a big thing for me was an uh, early introduction into the literary beauty and design and the very literary artistic nature of the biblical books. And so that was just a mind-blowing whole new set of categories for me. And like all good literature, um, good literature provokes as much as it tries to influence and teach you something. And good literature takes you through an experience as a part of what it's trying to do in forming you and shaping you. So uh, to me, that's just a part, uh, part and parcel of what the Bible is, is it's uh, literature, narrative, and poetry with a profound theological message. But it's also trying to mess with you. And um, so that, that's just the nature of what the, the Bible is. And we wanted to try and bring people into that story in these poems and at least try and recreate that experience for people. Most people encounter the Bible in church settings where it's very didactic mm-hmm. yeah. and very black and white. And so we wanted to create something that gets 
people into the aesthetic beauty of the Bible, and the videos have been a fun medium to do that. I want to start mm. with your explanation on heaven and earth, because I think this connects well with the Ignatian idea of finding God mm. in all things. Um, and I think, mm. you know, traditionally Christians imagine heaven simply as this place we go to die, you know, as long as we've been good people. Um, have we been getting this all wrong? The first one of the first videos we did was Heaven and Earth. Mm-hmm. I think it was the mm-hmm. T- second yeah. one we were second working on. script yeah. we were writing, mm-hmm. and um, and I remember the first thing that Tim sat down and we talked about was just the word heaven in Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and that Hebrew word literally meaning the sky. And then immediately I start drilling them with questions like, "Well, well wait, does that mean?" Uh, that the biblical authors thought God lived in the sky? Because that's exactly where I go. This verse is talking about where God lives, where we're all going to go when we die, this this place that I have firmly planted in my brain from from Sunday school. And and so it was a slow kind of shifting my paradigm of, of talking about, well, the sky is this transcendent place, and when you look up and you see how different it is from the earth and how um, we, we have our space here that we're familiar with, but the sky, we depend on it for, um, for, the, for the rain. We don't know how it works. We can't live up there. It's this place above us. And, and if we're going to say God lives somewhere, we, we, that's the place where we put it. <laughs> and, then, and then going, but does God just live in the sky? And then going through all the scriptures of God being in the temple and then God being uh, everywhere and, and nothing can contain him. And, and you begin to see this really rich understanding in the Hebrew scriptures of, of God's transcendence and God's space being everywhere and then intersecting with ours. And so I had to go through my own kind of mind-boggling transformation of thinking in a new category, which turns out to be really biblical and really Jewish and really Christian, but isn't the paradigm that I was given. I was given a very simple black and white um, understanding of, of heaven and earth. So yeah, I think I think we've been missing it, at least in my tradition. I grew mm. up in an evangelical mm. tradition, um, and, and for a lot of other people um, that I know, I think we're missing it. Well, it's funny because you, you just do a Google image search for heaven, and you see sky and clouds. So we've, we've certainly held yes. on to that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's not, uh, it's not without good good reason. Um, that's because the word is used in two overlapping ways. It just means sky, simply. It's the basic word for sky. And so when the biblical authors w- want to give us an image for the nature of God's transcendence and otherness and how he rules over all, you think up, mm-hmm. you know, w- way up high. Um but that's not the only way that the biblical authors envision talking about God's presence. And so I think that's where the hang-up is, is that in our thinking, we've just gotten stuck yeah. w- on literalizing the image of God being in the sky. But yeah, to your point, I, I still hear, in fact, I heard on the radio the other day, someone referring to the mm. sky as the heavens mm. and in the mm-hmm. plural, which huh. in Hebrew, it's always plural. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's still in our vocabulary uh-huh. to talk about the heavens as literally the sky. Yeah. Um, and most of the time, 
when you read the word, I think it's most, I don't know if you know Tim, but I felt like a predominant amount of the time when it's the word heaven in the Old Testament, Mm. it's literally referring to the sky. You could just replace that and say the sky and that's what it means. Yeah, usually uh, the psalmist will say something like God rules in the heavens over all the earth or something like that. But the point is his transcendence, Um, not that you can actually go take a rocket up to God's and space and, and yeah his there. throne is in the sky so he has this yeah. heavenly transcendent throne but yeah. if you go into space you're not going to literally find it yeah of course. yeah hope I, I don't, don't think so <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean you talk about the you talk about the intersection of heaven and earth um beautifully yes, yeah. illustrated in the video um yeah you know I wonder how how did uh, I guess sort of a two-part question um how much of Jesus's mission was this meeting of heaven and earth? Because um, mm-hmm. certainly, you know, Christ, God incarnate, um, is, is clearly a, a little bit of heaven here on earth. But, mm-hmm. you know, I also wonder how much that connects with sort of what I would call God moments, where, you know, experiencing God in a sunset mm-hmm. or, you know, in a baby or things mm-hmm. like that. How much of that is an intersection, or is that kind of a more of a contemporary understanding of the of an intersection of heaven oh. and earth? Um, boy, uh, yeah, it's a good point. The, the Bible has so many ways of talking about this. The primary one we trace down in the heaven and earth video is temples. Mm-hmm. That's the dominating theme, um, which, which is about a specific space. There are specific places on earth that are s- sacred and where heaven and earth meet, typically in temples, but not always. Jacob can stumble upon one in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. in a field, Mm -hmm. you know, in a place where he meets God in a dream. Um, So so there's definitely that whole thing. But that temple imagery really is a big, big uh, idea in the New Testament. And it's so big, Jesus is described as the temple embodied Mm -hmm. in human being. Destroy this temple and I'll build it mm -hmm. in three days. Yeah, or John, as we quote in the video, John saying about Jesus, he set up a temple. He set up a a tabernacle, Mm -hmm. a meeting place of heaven and earth. Um, And then that temple theme goes right through into Jesus' vision of what his community, the community of his followers are. It's the place where when they're gathered together, he's in their midst. And it's uh, the book of Acts, oh my goodness, is all about depicting the community of Jesus as a temple, as the place where heaven and earth meet as Jesus' people. That's why little flames pop up over their heads when when God's presence comes to dwell in each of them as a temple and then collectively as a temple. So I I think um, the way the Bible talks about it is often through this temple language, the language of spirit, God's spirit inhabiting his people. And then... um, so yes, your, your question is what about these other moments though where we sense transcendence or sacredness. Um, and, and that is also really important for the biblical authors. Like the Psalm 104 can talk about you go out in a field and you watch mm. deers giving birth or you watch mm-hmm. animals. Um, or he says, consider a ship sailing on the sea. And you, he says, you will, you will see God's handiwork. He says, look at the handiwork of God. Go look at sea creatures and this and that. Look at the ships on the sea. So he even sees humans producing ships as a part of God's presence and work in the world. So the biblical authors didn't have this division, I think, between sacred and secular or mundane and holy. 
um, the, as the Apostle Paul puts it, you know, we, in, in God we live and move and breathe and have our being. And so he had a worldview where the transcendent it overlaps uh, the, the mundane in every arena of life. It's very profound and it's very non-Western. Yeah, I, you had you had talked about how the Garden of Eden is this is this place, this moment where there was really no distinction between heaven and earth. Um, mm-hmm. The sort of original plan, original project of God. Um, obviously, this was interrupted by by us, you know, humans. But you know, it's it certainly seems that you know Christ's mission was to restore that intersection, to continue that original project of God. Um, I wonder what what do the scriptures say, or how do the scriptures speak to our role in that sort of restoration of God's original project of of that intersection? I'll take a stab at it, Tim. You can <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. help out. Tim's the real scholar here, um, but the you know the vocational role of humans in the garden was to um, subdue the earth and multiply and so go to the go to the very ends of the earth and expand the goodness of this garden like that was our initial task and then that was all foiled we're kicked out of the garden and um when when god comes to abraham and he and he Mm. gives the blessing um he says you know he's renewing the blessing that he, he originally was given to the to humanity in the garden, and he tells Abraham he's going to bless all the nations. So already we, we get this idea of this blessing will will expand to the ends of the earth. Um, and uh, we know that's the role of Israel is to be a blessing to the nations. And then uh, when Jesus talks to his disciples, he tells them, go to the ends of the earth. And he says, it's, it's happening. It's started. New creation is happening with me heaven and earth have united in me it's the kingdom of god is here in your presence now go to the ends of the earth and and i think it's the same it's the same calling mm-hmm. and um and then that's what we see happen in acts so that's that's our part of it is the kingdom of god was inaugurated with jesus in a really special way and um new creation birthed and and, and began and it's not complete yet, mm-hmm. and it will be complete one day. Mm-hmm. And our part of it is to then go mm-hmm. and to expand that into mm-hmm. to the ends of the earth. And so for me personally, I'm not going to some far out place in the middle of nowhere to do that, but I'm here in Portland, and I want to see the kingdom of God expand in the neighborhoods I live in, um, in, the, in the businesses that I'm a part of, um, in the relationships that I have. Uh, I want the kingdom of God to get soaked into that and to become a part of that so so that new creation is birthed around. Um, and, and because I believe that that started with Jesus and will continue on until all things are new. Part two of my conversation with Tim and John will continue on our next podcast. To learn more about The Bible Project, you can visit jointhebibleproject.com, where you can deepen your appreciation of the Bible and view their videos and also contribute to their next video. And for more on Ignatian spirituality, visit godinallthings.com.